Welcome, Elder Emos. I'm your host, Samit. I am here with my co-host, Batty, today. Uh, we hey don't guys. have Brittany and Alicia, but we do have Batty. But in the studio today, we are hanging out with Simon and Alex from In Case We Crash. How are you guys? Hey, Hey, we're doing great. It's a wonderful Tuesday night. We're up here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And yeah, we're looking forward to having a nice chat with you guys. Yeah. So one way that we always like to start our interviews and everything off is tell us about you guys. How'd you guys come together? How long have you been playing music? Give us a little bit of background on who you guys are. For sure. So my name is Simon. I play guitar and I sing. Um, and I started this band originally, like tech, on technicality, like 2011, I came up with the band name. However, like lineup changes, different projects in between. This iteration started 2015. Um, and throughout you know time playing shows in our scene, I came to meet Alex and he joined the band in 2019, I believe. Yeah. So you yeah. guys for, yeah. for a while. Yeah, like as for me, I just like play it and like I've been playing music since I was like 10 or 12. Like I really picked up guitar when I was like 13, but like and I started playing in bands like right at the end of high school and kind of like going into college and stuff. And then I met Simon in local scene. I had a other band called Carried Away at the time, and we're kind of good friends. We're playing some shows, and then Simon filled in for like a tour of our band one of the time and then he invited me to play in case we crash and i was like stoked on it at the time because i liked the guys i liked the music and mm-hmm. it kind of naturally came together that we were like we wanted the same things from it and we liked the same music and we kind of just swiped together and it was just the right thing to do yeah it's like an organic connection that you guys kind of had yeah it was almost like it it was almost like a non-decision. Like it wasn't even so much yeah. as like, yeah. hey, maybe you should do this. It's just kind of like, all right, yeah, like just, just come here, right? Like just join just the band. Made sense. Sure, why yeah. not? So you guys yeah, were all exactly. kind of in the same the same music crowd and everything coming up before in case we crash came to fruition. Um yeah. sorry. So to, so to clarify, like like in case we crash started, like like this iteration started 2015. And I had, there was some different members and stuff. Sure. Alex joined in 2019, but simultaneously, like we were also playing in the same shows. We, you know, played shows together. I filled in for him over that period between 2015 to 2019. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, first and foremost, congratulations on everything that you guys have done and all of the success and everything you guys are having. Um, if it wasn't for TikTok, I don't know that I would have discovered you. And I'm really happy that you guys popped up on our For You page. And then it was like, after I followed you guys, it was like, in case we crash, was all over my For You page. And I couldn't get Garden out of my head to save my life. So whatever you're doing on there is working. It's perfect. Keep doing it because it's yeah, apparently, it, apparently it's doing something. <laughs> it's doing a lot of good. I can tell you that much. Yeah, um, it's crazy because like TikTok is just like it's a new thing for us but it's like crazy how like you know we recorded that song garden almost four years ago and put it out like 
two years ago. And it's crazy that that's still like, it's still new for people because they're experiencing it in this new way. And that's like, that's exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah. Really cool. it's interesting because we didn't use TikTok at the time at all. And we kind of had released, it did like pretty well at the time. And it kind of, it, it kind of like went out. And then now like this year, we found a lot of people discovered us from that song again. And then it kind of been popping up and it's still new for so many people. So we've been kind of realizing that there's like a ton of people who still like don't know or have no idea who we are. So we've been trying to, and TikTok, I think, is a good platform specifically for that because I don't think, like, any other Definitely. social media allows you to, like, expose yourself to new people. You kind of just post mm-hmm. for, like, people who already know who you are, which doesn't really help you grow. Unless oh, you, like... yeah. Mm-hmm. TikTok is kind of, like, what MySpace music used to be for, like, us elder emos. That was, like, the way that we would discover music and just through networking and stuff. And, I mean, even me... I hopped onto the podcast through TikTok myself. So it's, I think it's a really great platform for networking and being a part of the community. Oh yeah. But I feel like it it also gives you guys a way to connect with your fans all over the world. It gives you to be, have that little bit more personal experience than like fans that may not be able to come and hang out with you guys or see you guys, but it's like, Hey, you can still interact at the same time. So I feel like it's, it's a great outlet for you guys and a great way for you guys to really get your name out there especially with pandemic and things that happened made things really hard so this is kind of like the the secondary thing for that yeah, yeah we were absolutely. Still, like people were actually excited to see some videos from the show from the one show we played since pandemic so far and like people from like all over the country that you don't even expect that like will find you mm-hmm. or like oh you should come to our city and I was like I don't even know I didn't even know that city existed <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's completely fair um now you guys are playing shows don't you guys have one coming up here soon yeah we have one at the Axis Club with Kenny Hoopla on April 6th uh we're opening on He's doing like a full tour where he's just getting local support for every show. And it's just like pretty crazy just to, he's just, he's throwing a curveball and it's, and it's just like really nice and refreshing to see somebody like try and get more involved with the local scene that way. So we're really oh, grateful yeah. for that one. Yeah. That's exciting. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's, it's the scene and everything, the, the music scene and everything is making a strong comeback right now. Like this is, the genre, the scene, and everything is in its strong comeback stage right now, because the mm-hmm. it's like the amount of artists and things that we have found and we have discovered, and how we were way back when when we were going to local shows and stuff too. It's like there was a five year hiatus of there wasn't a whole much coming from the scene, and now it's just like here it Exploding. is, here it is in full <laughs> yeah, force. Before the mm-hmm. pandemic, shows were kind of dead. And now yeah. kind of like all the local shows are like packed and full right now, which was like unusual to see at first. Oh, yeah. But it's like this, it's like COVID kind of lifted to the point where things are slowly starting to get back to normal. And then the music and the talent that came out of that is freaking incredible. Like it, the, like y'all put so many people to shame. And I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Like your music <laughs> is so good and so catchy. Like I love it. And I'll, I mean, I tell everybody about it that they need to go and listen to it, especially in our emo nights. We talk about you guys all the time in our emo nights. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. The hype that. is yeah, there. Thank you. Thank oh, you. the hype is so there. 
Batty's usually in the comments for those moderating everything, kicking out all the trolls and stuff. And anytime that your stuff comes on, people are like, who is this? Like, what is this? And I'm like, TikTok, man. TikTok's making all the things happen right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of artists that we had talked to and like, because after interviews, they'll be like, oh, you need to go check out this one. You need to check out that one. And the amount of people that were like, have you talked to In Case We Crash yet? Have you talked to them? And I was like, ironically, next Tuesday. We get to talk to them next Tuesday. <laughs> nice. Over here. Um, so talk to us about what some of your personal inspirations are. I know we talked a little bit about the starting line was kind of something that put some influence on your music now, but what are some of the other influences that you guys have? You know, it's tough to say because it, it, I feel like for me, it, I have like different influences, influences throughout periods of my life where like, definitely like starting this band it was a lot of like the pop punk that was prevalent at the time like the 2015 2016 stuff like knuckle puck state champs story so far real friends all that stuff was very integral to like what we wanted to be a part of and everything at the same time over the years things have developed and changed and i see like in certain ways like we want to bring a different i you know it's nice to expose yourself to one kind of music but now it's like since we've been making this type of music and I've been in this kind of scene for a few years, it's like I want to expose myself to other influences and other realms of music and incorporate them into what I'm doing so that it's fresh and unique. And it's like because if you just kind of you don't want to be in a feedback loop, it's like a bad algorithm if you just constantly listen to the same thing over and over. So these days I'm really liking this band called Asian Kung Fu Generation. They're like a Japanese okay. rock band. They did like some, <laughs> and their part, like I feel like effectively through my own nostalgic experiences, they're part of that early 2000s emo wave because at the same time, like they were doing theme songs for all the favorite animes that I would hear as a kid. Exact same time that I was listening to like, you know, all the early 2000s stuff blow up. Um, but yeah, so I just really think like, for me like it's really important to expose myself to different influences and like try and draw for them rather than just being in a negative feedback loop of listening to the same kind of music nonstop. that's a good way to think about it that's a good point mm-hmm. i yeah. feel like the new wave oh i'm sorry well, no no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna add a little point i feel like this new um resurgence of pop punk definitely has expanded more and is dipping into like other genres and just the diversity of it, I think, is amazing. Yeah. And it's bringing sure. in so many other fans and people into the scene now. And I think that's just awesome. Yeah, I've actually saw a band who actually became our friends recently called Magnolia Park. And those guys have been like... We love them. Example. I love Mag Park. <laughs> like super nice guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me, it's also been, like Simon been saying, just trying to hear like... Like, I love the whole pop punk genre, but, like, I think the reason, like, since 2015 and, like, after all, like, those years, it's kind of was starting to die out is because everyone was just trying to write the same thing over and over. And then it kind of became, like, old until, like, until somebody from somewhere started bringing something new into it. And that kind of revived it. So we're trying to kind of, like, push it, push what we already had in, like, all different directions. And I think, like, I saw the Wonder Years recently, just over the weekend. I think they've oh, like a really good example years. of that because they started with like this like angsty pop punk, and then they went into like 
expanded into this more like emo alternative rock sounds well still keeping like their core and i think that's like a really cool thing when bands can accomplish and not everyone can pull that off oh yeah for sure it's definitely a risk (laughs) yeah it's definitely a risk but i feel like the the generation and everything that we're in now especially or in the scene where we're at is being able to bring in aspects of every single genre into your music and everything sets you apart from everyone else it makes you more diverse but it also makes you more interesting at the same time so you're not going to get the same thing out of everything that you're producing or the same vibe it's always going to be something different like bring me the horizon prime example back in the day they were a hardcore band like extreme hardcore band and now they're more of the screamo pop punk type of thing and being able to adapt and change and they just did a mashup with Ed Sheeran, like having that diversity and that ability makes you so much more marketable because you have the ability to adapt. And it also, it also gives you a wider audience to appeal to because it might be like, yeah, I've got something super pop punk, but then I've got this, it's a little bit harder. So you're kind of double dipping in your fan bases. So I think that's, that's admirable, super risky. And if you can do it and do it well, kudos to you. Because when I was in a band, I could not. Like we we were a one trick <laughs> pony and that was it. Yeah, fair enough. I, I totally I totally feel you. Like music is very globalized these days, and like tastes are very globalized. And like so, and what I mean by that is that like before, it's like you'd have. I mean, the industry was quite gate gate kept in the fact that like, oh well, like this is the kind of popular music right now. This is what is blowing up. This is what what labels are going to market. Nowadays, like people can go back or they can listen to whatever they want and it can be like provided to them on the same kind of scale. Whereas before it's like, you're very limited. And if you wanted to listen to alternative music, you'd have to listen to a band going through a specific label, going through this, that. Now it's just like the world's your oyster. Um, And because of that, like artists can appeal to that a little bit more. They don't have to be pigeonholed into one specific sound or they can develop over the course of a career and have different periods of their discography be a little bit more like Birmingham Horizon, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm sure people still listen to like some of the earlier stuff. I got, I mean, I've gone to Birmingham Horizon when they were a deathcore band back in like 2009. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, but, but I definitely, I know, yeah, I know. I definitely see why they're continuing to grow. It's, it's pretty cr- crazy what they're doing, you know? Oh yeah. But and they're taking risks that pay off. Like they're taking yeah. huge risks, but every risk they've taken has paid off tremendously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like now if you don't take those risks and you play it safe, then you kind of get into, you kind of become stagnant of being like, yeah, it's good, but what can we do that's better? And that mm-hmm. is a huge thing that I feel like a lot of bands have now. I don't know if there's something in the water or something in the generation, but bands now having the different aspects of having like the emo side the pop punk side the hardcore side or even just having smaller elements into it and the collaborations like the artists collaborating that you would never think would collaborate before is really Mm -hmm. taking the genre and everything and taking it to that next level like magnolia park we just talked about them they're incredible and the amount of like collaborations and things that they have on different levels takes them to the next level as well like yeah they're kind of how they better let that help them grow a lot they done like a video it was like all from broadside they did mm-hmm. kellen they did, and it was like all from people from different like genres it was like jake hill yeah 
whoever they did recently, even Lil Lotto. So it was anything from like emo rap to like heavier music to pop punk, and they went for like all of it, and they did like a video for all of it, and they kind of, and they all of them had kind of like a very consistent catchiness and like element mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, and it still kept like a lot of their base of like what their normal sound is, but they took that and they built on it. And there's a lot of artists doing that, and I wish that was something that happened so much sooner. I'm glad it's happening now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to be here for it now. It's exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. I'll admit, I was kind of like stagnant myself, and I kind of like stuck to the same old bands and genres and you know like people would call me a poser if I listened to other things and I kind of like got down on myself about that but yeah I just love this energy especially with the newer bands coming out it's great Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure and not only that but all of the like all of the artists and everything right now are so humble and wanting to help other bands like back when it was always that kind of tear of like, yeah, I'm in a band, I'm better than you. But now it's just like, no, we're all out to help everybody, regardless of what it is and how it is. And I feel like that's a great, great atmosphere for all of you guys as artists, because then you can reach different people and meet different people. And it's, it's so different. I'm glad to be here for this side of it. Because when we did this back in what, 2000, 2007, 2008, it wasn't like this at all. This community is so much better. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's gotten better like in the past couple of years than it was before. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can even like I can even count firsthand. Like I I kind of remember that scene too. Like I was playing shows in 2010 or so, and or 2000 yeah 2010 or or so is when I started. And it's just like yeah, I, I completely remember. Like it, things have <laughs> definitely changed, and like I think it's also because we've realized that like. I mean, the music industry itself has taken so many hits over the years. So it's mm-hmm. like we're realizing we have to be more together on everything. And we have to work together to like so that we could all succeed. Um, yeah. And it's just not it's not going to happen. Like the last we should, the last thing we should be doing is being at each other's throats and stuff, because like we're just tearing each other down when both of us are trying to build up and get past that certain level. It's like really hard, you know? Yeah, it's like so, so many things coming at you and so many things changing so fast. So you have to adapt everything from like your marketing and everything. It was like five years ago. It was like 10 years ago. It was MySpace. Then it was like Tumblr. Then it was something else. Then it's TikTok. Then it's something else that's going to be next. Oh, and yeah. You have to like Definitely. learn to use all of it. Oh, yeah, completely. Uh but speaking of like the collaboration side of things, and we, I mean, we were talking about a lot of them. Kellen Quinn's been a little bit of everywhere. Like anytime you turn around, mm-hmm. he's collaborating with somebody else. Um, if you guys got the chance to collaborate with anybody, who would you guys want to collaborate with? Um, moving forward, like it would really be nice to collaborate. Like, I mean, this is the Elder Emo podcast. I would love to like... <laughs> Get, <laughs> I would love to get some like more 2000s era bands I mean I know it's not yeah. really on their brand to do that but like even I mean we, we just saw Mayday Prelude and like now I'm thinking like yo it'd be so sick to like get him on a track and like stuff like that you know like not not like they need to be on like a local or like an upcoming band's track for any reason but like it would just be cool to kind of like cross yeah. that bridge a little bit more yeah, you know? I think it would be cool if it was like Blending. I agree with that. If it's not somebody from just the current, but somebody from like the previous generation of this artist. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of bands from like previous that are all about that right now. So shoot yeah, your shot. You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Shoot your shot. You'll yep. never know what might happen. So we've shot our shot on TikTok uh, to multiple bands mm-hmm. and things happened that we didn't expect to happen, but they mm-hmm. did. Shoot mm-hmm. your shots and it could happen. Yeah, um, for sure. So one of the, one of our favorite questions that we like to ask, it got asked to us when we were in a live. I'm not going with the crazy one yet. We'll, we'll get into okay, that. Okay. Okay. Um, but one of the questions we got asked that we like to ask our bands is first and foremost, did you guys ever have MySpace or at least know of what MySpace is? Yeah, I don't think I ever had it. Okay. Or, but I do recall going on MySpace for like a, like rarely to find like I saw found a few bands on MySpace, but I wasn't like an active MySpacer, so I'm not trying to like uh, so. like act like I was <laughs> when I wasn't. Like I was I I sometimes I would happen to I would be looking for a band's music and it happens to be on MySpace and that's when I'm like oh okay I'll listen to this right, oh, but gotcha. I wasn't a MySpace kid or anything. See, okay, <laughs> I had MySpace for a bit, but I was like the generation after that, so I was like the Tumblr defined pop punk cardboard science. Okay. Sorry, so okay. <laughs> generation. I was the one that came like five years after. Gotcha. Uh, so the the I'm big sorry. thing about the big thing about MySpace though was you had a profile song. You could put a song on your profile, and mm-hmm. that told everybody like about your personality. It didn't care what was in your profile or who your top eight was, but it was the song on your MySpace page. So a question mm-hmm. we love to ask is if you had MySpace today, what would your profile song be? I would probably choose something by Cartel. I'm just trying to pick the. I gotta. Ooh, I'm gonna pick. This pick. is who. This is who we are by Cartel. I always forget. Um, I just love that track. This. Yeah, they're they're like one of my all time favorite pop punk band. bands in general. Like one of my all time favorites. So like, okay. I think that w- that would be my pick probably. Okay. Let me, let me think. It would be like probably like Elevated by State Champs or something like that. That's okay. definitely like my energy. Okay. So that that's so the- not my space though. That's so <laughs> that's post- <laughs> oh, no. okay. Okay, let's go more my space. It would be like Helena by MCR. There we go. Classic. Oh, that's an absolute classic. That's a classic. <laughs> so then flip the coin on there. If you had my space today, what in case we crash song would be on your profile? Like I feel like Garden is the most MySpace song, so I'll go with that. But not just not just most MySpace, like your personal MySpace. If you had to pick one song, it would be Soul Pains. Okay, I would choose either. I would choose If We Break because I mean it's not like my most favorite song we've ever put out, but I feel like it, I do really like. It's nobody really knows it out of our stuff, but like it's very emo very very emo and <laughs> underrated and i feel like it deserves more appreciation and if myspace was still a thing it would definitely get a lot more appreciation there than it has in uh like i don't know like this era of music yeah that's that's like our most underrated song for sure and it's like the most like sad boy emo song too was that yeah. a really personal and emotional song for you to write do you have like a connection to that or story behind yeah. that yeah definitely i mean like it's definitely like related to like i mean 
we're also going back like many years because like even like the writing for that ep it was like i did the writing like five years ago so it's mm-hmm. and it was at that point was reflecting on stuff that would ha- had happened a year or two prior so it was very like really t- it's really taken it back uh to like high school years and stuff but um yeah it's it's on that vein of like the early 2015 pop punk stuff um is it a deep cut? Not as, is it a deep cut song yeah yeah and it definitely like it it's way more vulnerable and i don't usually go into like i mean definitely not go into those ones where I talk about like relationships that kind of way and in that like dissatisfied way that like it's so typical of pop punk because i feel like that's so overdone and it's also like nine times out of ten like it's usually the, the guy's fault so like <laughs> <laughs> you know like so like, somebody so admitted was, it no, just kidding. someone said it yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of the truth like it's hard to know that's why so i try not to like identify our sound with that or any of anything like that like that's what i felt was overdone in the scene but that's Mm -hmm. one of those songs where it's kind of in that vein but at the same time i'm i try not to portray it in a way that's you know like the finger pointing aggressive like oh you messed me up sounds like it could be like (laughs) an early real friends ep like lyrically yeah nice that's fair Mm -hmm. that's fair um now another question that we like to ask this one got asked to us by uh friend circle who's based out of jersey um super incredible i've heard Uh, of them yeah super incredible band super incredible group um we we always talk about how when we get ready to do these interviews we get super nervous because like we're fans of y'all guys music so when you come on our podcast like we internally scream for like an entire 24 hours before it happens because we're like holy shit like this is happening and the one thing that friend circle had stated and they were like well like you're doing great it's not as weird as a previous interview they did where they asked us some like the weirdest questions so us being us asked what those weird questions were and it's been like the best question that we ask in all of our interviews so batty do you want to take the honor of asking the question this time i sure can so if you could be a sandwich what would you be and why? <laughs> it's a good one though, because I I'm I love food and like and stuff, so I genuinely care about the answer. Um I mean I would be a nice lightly toasted pumpernickel sandwich with avocado, like nice cold cuts of meat, cucumbers, arugula. Nice and fresh, healthy, not not lathering on the mayo, not like, you know, overdoing it with pickles and all that stuff. Nice, clean and healthy, but refreshing. Uh, actually, not lightly toasted. I'm liking my bread untoasted these days. A fresh, a fresh slice of okay. bread. Um, yeah, well, so how specific like nice this is. <laughs> I know, this is like, you were prepared. the most specific. <laughs> I'm basically it. just describing what I had for lunch, but... Um, <laughs> Well, you imagine know. something completely opposite. So toasted Philly cheesesteak that's like an yes! and just I'm from PA, so melted <laughs> on it and has no structure whatsoever. And that would be me. That's yes, the best. It has to be sloppy. Kind of like cheese whiz. Dynamic. Do you like it with cheese whiz though? That's the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of cheese. It has to be the cheap cheese whiz. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like yeah, cheese whiz on mine. Whiz wit. Yes, that's how you order I it. Can't. I can't do it. I'm not that impressed it's, with the Philly cheesesteak. It's cheese a provolone, steak. too. 
Oh man, we're gonna get. I'm gonna get so hungry talking. I I had dinner already. I am not you. <laughs> I'm hungry again already. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the point. Usually, this question we asked Aaron this question last night and went on an entire tangent for like ten minutes about beer and food. Like, <laughs> that's that and how good the Italian food is in New York. Because it's Ooh. I live in North Carolina. The only good I thing we have down that. here is beer. Like we've got yeah. beer and they've got deep fried seafood. Oh, and diabetes in a cup for sweet tea. That's what nice. we have. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. So but, why would you guys be those sandwiches? You didn't explain that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, like like stuff that's just like really like fresh and soft and light in flavor and mm-hmm. like and like really healthy and stuff like that's just like and because I'm like, I just go crazy for that stuff. And I'm like, maybe I'm I. I need to let myself live a little bit. I feel like I'm kind of deprived, but like, I don't know that I just feel like when I imagine a perfect sandwich, that's how I feel. And then maybe not, not, not to suggest I'm a perfect sandwich, but like, that would be, <laughs> that's my goal. Like if I were, if I were to aim for the, the skies, I would want to be a perfect sandwich. And that's what I'm going to try and accomplish in my life. Cool. New life goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and for me, it's because I'm, I'm pretty much, like, my personality in my just the village cheesesteak. It's just, like, I can see that for you. And <laughs> it's just a little cheesy, but, like, at the same time, it's, it's the good way. Like, the good way of being cheesy. <laughs> I love how I everybody that. relates these sandwiches to their personalities. Of Like, if I had to describe yeah. myself as a sandwich, here's what I would be. And some of them are hysterical. <laughs> Like it's perfect. Oh God, that's I do like awesome. Avocados though, I do like avocados though. I'll give, I'll give seven that. Yeah, but I don't know about avocado on a cheesesteak. No, I don't. No, know. no, that's that. It's yeah, that's better. sacrilegious. No, but is it? If you made it into like a, a nice guac, maybe like yeah, with like some salt. But even then, I why ruin what is already like perfect? You know? Yeah, I, I feel then like. Then I just go for a burrito at that point, and then put the glass in there. I mean, this is also Alex coming. would be Alex would be a burrito. That's what he. Yeah, would I would be, be a burrito. It's not a sandwich. A yeah. Philly wait a Philly cheesesteak burrito. Um, I feel like, like that, or just a burrito. If you made like a fusion kind of thing, maybe like, kind of like a Mexican cheesesteak, maybe. Maybe for the record, Buffalo there. Wild Wings does it. I mean, oh, I've seen really? a, I've seen a poutine pizza in here in Canada, so anything's possible. Poutine. I was going to ask you guys about that because I love poutine. <laughs> for sure. I mean, we we got the, the answers that? for you. You don't know poutine? Oh, girl, no, I don't. What the hell is that? <laughs> You're missing out. It's. I'll explain it. It's fries yeah. with nice cheese curds drizzled in a thick layer of gravy. And sometimes you, put little, sometimes you put green onions and bacon bits on it, and it's just like, and a bit of sour cream. It's like, chef's it's, kiss. <laughs> it, I've, we've had it way too many times on the road because it's like, it's kind of like one of our fast foods too. We have like smoked poutinery, which is like, I'm sure it's not much of a thing. I mean, maybe starting up in like the US, but like, it's so good, but then you're like, dead afterwards because it's just yeah. like so much gravy and cheese I mean, and food coma they, they, if there was like an official canadian pop punk food that would be poutine that would be like the smokes poutinery yeah so when if you're ever in canada or like particularly like 
I mean, it comes from Montreal or like Quebec and stuff. That's it's actually yeah. poutine. They say poutine, but um, I think it, it happened. I forget what, like the story is that somebody like accidentally someone was just having like fries with like cheese curds, and then they somebody just put gravy on it or something, you know, and then they had poutine, and that's it. The rest is so <laughs> we're going on a road trip, is what you're telling me, so yeah. I can try this concoction. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you you won't regret it. It's it's absolutely delicious. Oh man, but it's only in Canada. I mean, I'm sure maybe in New York I've they might have a couple trucks. Pla- yeah, food trucks are definitely like one. Yeah, or like New York might have some spots. Yeah. This might be an excuse for me to get my passport now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> oh man. Now, look, I already eaten dinner, and now I'm hungry. I mean, I had a peanut butter and fluff sandwich, so it's nothing compared to what we're talking about right now. Hmm. But, oh, my God. So what are your what are some of the other things that Canada has that we don't, that you guys think that we should know about? Uh, ketchup and all-dressed flavored chips. Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say. So. Oh, what? Ketchup and what? Ketchup, ketchup flavored chips? And all dressed flavored chips. All dressed is like this, like concoction. It's just like all dressed is every flavor together. It's just yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's so good. Interesting. That it's I didn't like know about. Salt and sweet and like sour at the same time. It's it's it, it like just go, makes your taste taste bats basically just go crazy and explode. So these ketchup flavored <laughs> chips is that the same theory as us taking a regular potato chip and dipping it in ketchup, or no? No, it it's uh, like. It, it's hard it has like this really nice powdery thing to it it's like i remember as a kid like this is like a canadian kid memory you get the ketchup chips and then by the end of it you'd always have like just like the dust on your fingers it's like very ketchupy and you just, it was so great yeah kind of like cheeto fingers <laughs> yeah exactly it's, yeah, it was, yeah, it's yeah. like that but just with ketchup chips and yeah it was just so great huh. i feel like i'm missing out like i feel like i'm discovering a whole new world that never existed in one interview right now. <laughs> yeah. We Maybe also have was... beaver tails. Yeah. You guys, what? Know, you guys know beaver tails? Except I think that was actually an American invention that was branded Canadian, but like yeah. on the border or something, like a like Niagara. But it's like a baked or no, like a fried dough with like, they put like a lot of cinnamon and sugar and caramel and chocolate and peanut butter. I thought you legitimately meant a real beaver pastry. That's like a beaver tail and it has cinnamon. It has everything on it. I think that's like, it's like a bear claw. Elephant ears here. Elephant ears, bear claws. There's different names, but yeah, I think it's the same gist. I, I legitimately thought you meant a real beaver tail, like from an actual <laughs> beaver. And I was very concerned no. for a second. And I'm like, why are you putting cinnamon on it? Like, Oh god! No, no, no. <laughs> we're not that. We're not that Canadian. Um, <laughs> I have helped a beaver. I, I have helped a beaver cross the road before. I'm not even kidding. That's probably the most Canadian thing I've ever done. But did it say anything when I got to the other side? No, it was pretty ungrateful. Actually, it tried to walk back out into traffic again. So, <laughs> thanks for nothing, guy. Exactly. Right and smelled horrible, and got my like leg kind of wet. So. Like you were trying to be nice and he just wasn't accepting it. How rude. Yeah. Exactly. How rude. Um so 
talk to me about also what your ideal tour would be. So now that the world and everything's opening back up, the ability to play shows and do all of that is much more of an option for you guys. You could pick your ideal tour. Who would be on your ideal tour now? I think Alex has a good answer to this one. I have to. I wanna. I want like the starting line to get together to make like get like an anniversary tour of their album going and like bring us with them and bring like like real friends with them and bring like somebody to open. That's a good call. Band, you know what I mean? Who's like nobody knows about. I don't know what he thinks I would. Yeah, I definitely, I would be down with that. Like, same thing like I was saying before, it'd be so cool to do that crossover and be a part. Right now, actually, there there's that band who just came back, Midtown. I don't mm-hmm. know if yes, I love Midtown. Dude, they were one of my favorite bands when I was, like, really young. And it's, like, just, like, so crazy that, like, I'm sure that, unless you're an elder, elder emo, like, you have no idea who they are. They were, like, Mm-mm. pretty early. Like, you know, they were 2002, 2003. That's when they're blowing up. Um, so unless you're like an elder emo, you have no idea who they are. But it's like stuff like that. Like I would have loved to be a part. Of, and it's so crazy to see that like water parks are on part of that tour and stuff. It's like, or well, they're playing with My Chem. It's just such a crazy crossover. You have My Chem, Local Romance, Water Parks, and Midtown all in the same show. That's like three different de- decades of pop punk music. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would be the same as the starting line and like Real Friends with us. That would be like three different generations, essentially. And oh, yeah. somebody like who's like newer of like high school age if you could find a band like you know like when the wonder years brought out like the modern baseball when they were like 17 18 mm-hmm. somebody like that well what's wild now is all of the bands that like we grew up with are all making a comeback now as well like alexis on mm-hmm. fire is doing another one scary kids scaring kids uh newfound glory is doing another tour simple plans coming out with a new album i think good charlotte's making new music again like it's some 41 and Civil Plan are going on tour with Mag Park. And I'm like, oh, I want to yeah. see that so bad. <laughs> what is happening? Like, it's like, it's like a resurrection. All of the, the old guys that we thought were done for are like, nope, we're coming back for round two. And it's insane. So mm-hmm. speaking of that, let me get your thoughts on when we were young fest. Have you guys heard about the lineup for when we were young? Thing, I've heard about like, it. I think it's a scam. I think um. it's a scam, like because <laughs> like it's a scam in terms of like them pre-booking the days and not having three like the one festival over three days. Like the whole thing yeah. of like just one huge lineup going like each day, just go being the same lineup. And it's like you can't see more than seven bands in one day. It's like physically mm-hmm. not possible. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it and not only that, but like they're light like the main lineup the headliners it's supposed to be my chem paramore and a day to remember yeah. all at the same time. time yeah that'd be fine at the same time and it's like for like literally you can't one, choose between one that. Third, <laughs> i don't think it's like for one third of a price of that fest it can go for a three-day ride fest that all has also has my cam and also <laughs> has a bunch of those bands and i would be able to see like 30 bands over three days for like less than half price so yeah it's kind of like- honestly just bring back warp tour that's how i feel about oh it. oh my god i wish yeah <laughs> i um, feel like when we were young is going to be a netflix documentary and i don't i don't yeah, need to I be on like, a netflix no, documentary no. Totally organized it will be like like i've been to like a five hundred thousand fest before when people knew how to organize it like 
rock fest here that people have been doing it for 10 years and it's been a chaos but something like we were young i feel like it would be even crazier oh yeah it's uh yeah it's gonna be nuts i love getting everybody's opinion on it because everybody's got mixed mixed feelings about it people are like yeah it's gonna be great other ones are like nah i'm not taking that chance I feel Let's like they, this one out. <laughs> it's just kind of like them cashing in on the trend by making it like a day, like the same lineup every day. Yeah. Like that. it's just like, yeah, it's that's so a valid obvious. point. And it's like, it's, exactly, cash grabber. <laughs> it's like exactly what like punk thing is like kind of a guess. Like it's, it, I don't know. To me, it's just like, I, I don't like it. It would be cool if it was like independent fast started similar way to like warp tour. You know what I mean? And this is all like just like Live Nation run, you know what I mean? And it's kind of they're just using the the popularity of the emo comeback. Uh, I completely agree. Banking on the nostalgia. The nostalgia factor. <laughs> yeah. It's the same as like a lot of the emo nights that were going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, our emo nights are not like that. Our emo nights are all the yeah. artists we have found. Coming bands. Yeah, I love the emo night concept on its own. You know what I mean? I do too. But the only thing that makes me mad about like the emo nights and stuff now is like back in the day when I was in high school, like being an emo kid in high school, I got my ass kicked. I can't tell you how many times. And now it's just like, it's this new cool thing and it's okay. And I'm like, I went through all of that (laughs) for you to be like, yeah, this is emotional damage. (laughs) Right. Literally. Yeah. Yes. killing me I, yeah, I can relate to that too for sure yeah i can relate to so we're all in the same thing and now it's just like now it's the new cool thing and not only that but so many other nostalgia things are coming back like the studded belts are coming back i don't know if they ever left but i've seen a lot of them more and more um the studded belts the the really big hair and i'm like god out here yeah oh gosh this is nuts <laughs> but mm-hmm. eh, it's okay. It's full nostalgia. Um, so another question that I want to ask, this is more of a, it's kind of, kind of an off the, not necessarily an off the wall question, but it's a newer one that we're putting into our interviews and stuff. But um, if you could be in any movie of your choice, what movie would it be? And who would you play? I'd be in school of rock and I'd be the kid who plays guitar. so i get to hang out with jack black and play a flying b are you a fan of tenacious d yeah man jack black's like one of my favorite actors i love him so much i love him so much he's he's Mm -hmm. perfection i would just be like spider-man because i saw the new one recently (laughs) i would and it would be all three like i would just want to experience life on all three i don't know i just like roller coasters and i just like i'd be toby mcguire out of all the things from like i feel like it would just be really he was the emo spider-man it makes sense it would be really fun to just be like a dark yeah the dark emo spider-man like a black black (laughs) eyeliner and the swoopy hair yeah yeah (laughs) but toby mcguire like a like a Spider-Man, but was a mood of like Batman. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think Tom Holland's the better Spider-Man. He's got more of He's Peter Parker personality. One. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm yeah. not debating who's the best Spider-Man. I definitely know the other guys. Even Andrew Garfield's a better Spider-Man than Tom McGuire, but I'd still be Tom McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For meme That's purposes. 
Yeah, that's just kind of how I feel. And I mean, that was also the Spider-Man that I grew up with, right? So. True, true. I mean, it was the one that I grew up with too, but then seeing all three, like all three of them and then seeing Tom Holland, I'm like, Tom Holland's a little too perfect for Spider-Man at this point. Yeah, yeah. He has that like boyish charm and innocence to him that Spider-Man has. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and he's, but Spider-Man is him in real life. Like that is how he is in real life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he does all his own stunt work, which blows my mind. I can't walk on two feet. And then there's this guy who's being literally Spider-Man doing all his own stunts. Have you ever seen yeah, him dance crazy. though? On Lip Sync yes. Battle? Yes, that where is... he did Singing in the Rain. <laughs> yeah, and Umbrella. And Umbrella. Yes. I watch that on repeat every time I see it. That's so good. Well, yeah, it's it's Tom Holland in a maid outfit dancing around. <laughs> like <laughs> Why would you not? Um, yeah. So talk to us about what's what's coming up next for In Case We Crash. I know we, we've already talked shows, but what can you tell us of what's next for you guys? New music is the forefront, I'd say. Um, okay. It's it's about time. Like we're, we're still like working on a few things, but I would want to assure fans that they're not going to have to wait too much longer for some new music from us. Yes, and with with that comes a plethora of other things to follow. So. Okay, new yeah. music videos too. Yeah, of course. If, if if there's new songs coming out, there's got to be music videos to go with them, right? So true, true. Yeah. True. Should I ask the question that I was talking about earlier? You this? totally can. That's, that's <laughs> this you've was been a very dying random that question. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a makeup girl, and mm. I I noticed. Simon, that you were yeah. wearing some sparkly eyeshadow and lashes in your one music video. Did you do that yourself or did someone do that for you? Um, I am not talented enough to do that myself. Um, yeah. The farthest that I go is a bit of nail polish and some cover up on my, you know, stuff. Um, but now we, I, but I specifically requested to have like a very talented makeup artist there because that was the vision that I had for the video. Um, yeah. And I was kind of like, you know, I wanted to do something different. Like, I just feel like even like, even as like a straight white dude, like, I don't think you, we should conform ourselves to like just the stereotype of like, just because you're heterosexual doesn't mean you can't wear like makeup and stuff. Like, it, it's just like, I, I just, I hate dudes who are overly masculine and yeah. too, like, they're afraid of being sensitive. They're afraid of just being like, so like, I would never do that. Or it was like, I just don't like that. And I feel like we need to start to really just, ease these like stereotypes and these ideas of like what being a man is or what like to me that it's not like that's still being a man being able to be vulnerable sensitive and like and show a a traditionally feminine side as they would say but like i just think like the whole idea is like the dudes need to stop taking themselves so seriously that's essentially it yeah i love you that's the best thing ever philosophy like i love you so much for talking about that because i (laughs) agree a thousand percent and i'm glad somebody else sees that too that is yeah yes okay that's the answer i was hoping for (laughs) that's awesome yeah but it's the it's the soul paint music video that was the garden music video that i did the the i was right i I thought it was (laughs) damn it I thought it was soul paint. Yeah, we were discussing yeah. this briefly before we hopped in here. That one had other sparkly things, but there were sparklers in my hands. That's what it was sparkly yes. about it. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah but the soul paint one of... also had a bunch of glitter and stuff too. So I thought, okay. Yeah, it's it's a bit glittery too. Um, oh yeah, you did the, the glitter and the mural too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did that. I I did part of like the video of like the B roll for that where I like I took an apple and I like dunked it in like gold paint yes. and stuff. Okay. I think I did that. I think that was me that did that. Um, yeah, that was yeah I just thought it was cool. I don't know. So have you been the one like behind the creative process with music videos? Like, is that all your idea? Or do you like come together as a band and come up with that? Or do you have someone else that kind of like gives you inspiration on that? Um, definitely like when, yeah, whenever I write a song and or most songs that are like single or music video worthy, there's already a, a visual concept like right from the get go of what I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of almost like synesthesia where it's like I see a color, I see a, a, a certain tone that like that's the first and foremost. And then from there, it's like, like, for example, say City Sky, I mean, the video is not exactly how I envisioned it, that the way it came out. But originally, it was like I wanted to be performing on a rooftop and stuff, which is like in Toronto, crazy expensive, and there's no way we could have pulled it off. But yeah. simul- like we were still able to to capture the vibe of that with like just like basically like city skylines, clouds, all that stuff, like that kind of stuff. And same thing, the whole soul paint theme was like the darker, moody blue contrasted with like the golden sparkle and stuff, and and just kind of like stuff like that. It definitely like it's right from the get-go that I kind of have these concepts. So, but then I also try, like, you know, the whole process of shooting a music video, like you need to get feedback from the other guys, see what we can actually do. Um, And then sometimes like there's additional ideas or revisions that are suggested by the other band guys or the director that end up making the vision more like, like better basically. Yeah, a lot of the time, like most of most of the time, the core of everything kind of comes from cyber, and we kind of help polish it and kind of connect it with everything else and bring in our own like little flavor on top of it. Mm-hmm. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, do you, Simon? Do you do most of the writing, like lyrically, when it comes to the band? Yeah, I do like a hundred percent of the lyrics. Uh, um, and then writing, we all like writing. I start with the the song basically, like I because I I record and like you know I don't hear riff or I don't hear just a vocal line. Like I hear a whole song in my head, and I just need like you know you're in that mood. You have to get it out on paper or figuratively, like more like on my computer. But once I get it out of my head and into like a fixed form, then I bring the other guys in and we start to do like feedback and like just kind of like what would i like to do there what would you like to do there and stuff like that so but definitely like lyrically i it's all me so for me i hear like in this project i enjoy just giving like simon a different perspective of what on what he brings because i feel like he needs like for, for writing you need like an extra ear so i would always hear things that he doesn't initially hear in the song he kind of says it puts together and Kyle does the same, especially like in drums and in drum parts, the drum pills and everything. And it kind of just comes together as a full song from there. I feel like that gives you good balance too, especially as, as a band and as a group. And especially with your like, helps with your relationship as well, that you're all contributing into one thing and helping tweak one or another. And it's not just, oh, I do this, I do that type of thing. So that really brings, makes your bond better. 
at the same time, I feel like. Um, yeah. What's, what's probably, what's probably uh, for either one of you, what's the hardest part of upbringing for like, for you guys, what seems to be the hardest part or the biggest hurdle? Um, I will, I can start, I can tell you because like, I'm like, I like talking to people, but like, I'm introverted. So like, I'm outgoing introvert. So basically like, for me, the problem is doing it enough, but not burning out. You know what I mean? Because sometimes like I overdo it and then social media and then for three days, I'm just like not functional and I'm trying to like come to a better balance of doing it consistently. Yeah. How do you recharge your batteries when you get that social burnout? Like try I've been trying like yoga recently i've been trying like you know like just doing things i enjoy going for a run that's like been going for a run going for a swim going for a longboard ride in summer a whole bunch like listening to music and stuff uh, i mean writing music helps so like sometimes just like jamming out but at the same time that's like what i do with the band so sometimes i need a break from that too just try and something that i like normally don't or it's like just just tr- just trying to like turn myself off from everything for a day helps i did that like the other day and that was that definitely made it better self-care mm. is definitely important so that's good that you do that Self- stuff for yourself care what's that <laughs> i don't know what that is yeah i don't, I don't do that i'm one to talk <laughs> yeah. i don't do yeah. that yeah i'm trying to like follow also like everyone's advice and try to like be good to my body and like eat better and like keep better schedule because like i found that like once i force myself to do that and everything else like becomes easier so yeah yeah that's solid yeah simon yeah i i definitely relate to a lot of that like i feel like i'm too comfortably antisocial. um like i genuinely like don't have much of a problem of like doing my own thing like literally not talking to anybody basically um we're just having very limited contact and like kind of just being in my own world and like working on stuff and like i mean kind of like as a musician musician that's kind of inherent sometimes um but sometimes it's to my own detriment like it's good to go and see people and interact and i mean it's also part of being in a band is being very social so like you know there's a there's a <laughs> whether you like balance. it or not <laughs> Yeah, and then what's yeah. also kind of, like, freaky is that, like, I'm so comfortable with my, like, routine and schedule and all that stuff. Like, and I, I've created, I feel like for myself, like, a very balanced and healthy, like, routine. But when that gets thrown off for whatever reason, I, like, just, like, really, like, I get really stressed because I'm, like, not even, make, not for any good reason, too. Because, like, you know, like, I'm, okay, like, what's one or two days where I might feel, like, a bit crappy, but, like, I get, like, really, like, anxious about it and be, like, I, I need to feel, like, 100% all the time, you know? And the only sure. way to do that is just to be like very locked into a bubble, essentially. Sure. That's relatable. <laughs> yeah. So what's something that you guys would want your fans to know if they ever were to come like and approach you? Like something that they should know. Should they, because um, a lot of fans are very intimidated when it comes to being like around their favorite artists as far as coming up to you guys or approaching you guys, just because of the intimidation factor of, hey, this is one of my favorite bands. I really love them. Like, do I approach I them? Do I not? So like. What, what do you want your fans to know about you guys? Honestly, we're just like normal dudes. We're just like kind of doing what we like. And we have like no better idea and not have everything more figure out that they are. That they are that like any, any, anyone could do what we do if they really, if, if, if they really want. And that, if, and that applies to like 
everything and that they, if they have something that they want to do and they know for a long time that they wanted to do it, that they should at least give it a go. Okay. That was kind of like a non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling them to go be in a band themselves. <laughs> not being a band. That applies to like literally anything you want to do. But like yeah. at the same time, with the, with the, we're just like, I don't know, that they can just talk to you. That we're down to like be friends with them and meet them. I was going to say, he touched on the point of like that you guys are just normal dudes. That's a common thing that most bands are saying when we ask that question is it's like, we're just normal people. Like, we're normal mm-hmm. dudes. They're nothing that makes us that much different. So, it's... I feel like that's that's kind of the common thing amongst all of you guys, especially now. Before, it was like... Like, how we talked before with being in a band was, like, this hierarchy thing back in the early parts of the scene. And now it's just... Everybody's like, we're just normal people. Come mm-hmm. hang out with us. So, I mean, yeah. do, do you feel... Like, you guys feel that way? Do you want them to approach you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think, like, you know, I I feel like it, I even more than what you said of being, like, a normal person, I feel like an outcast, right? I already feel like a, like a quote-unquote loser, like, because, like, not because of, like, oh, I wish I was popular, but more, like, you know, even just, like, societally, like, when you choose to do music or, like, pursue that, you're quite literally outcast from the system and like i feel like not not enough people take that into consideration that like oh you're not going to go to school get a job get a get a car get a thing and it's for any creative field too and i feel like that creates like a tribe where it's like when i see like people who are like self-made and like self-employed and and or 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 at least are working towards like an artistic venture like i feel like i'm an outcast but we're all in the same boat um and so, like, even more so than just being, like, you know, like, oh, we're just normal people. Like, we're, we're friggin' losers, like, you know. But, um, <laughs> and then also, like, I've, I've over the years, like, people have just, like, told, like, seem, seem to think that I'm, like, unapproachable or, I, like, I seem kind of, like, like an asshole. And I can completely understand that, like, you know, if you don't know somebody, like, sometimes people can give off, like, asshole vibes or, like, or um, so on and so forth. But, like, genuinely, like, I'm just, like, chill you know like i don't uh, i i'm not like a big personality i'd say like i'm just kind of like, sure. chill <laughs> you know but you did you brought up a valid point that i don't think we've ever talked about in any of the other interviews as far as uh, like anybody that goes in any type of art field is kind of under this whole i guess reputation would be the better word for it of being somebody that's like oh you pursue this instead of going to get a real job or um oh, all that. of that <laughs> and it's it's something that we don't talk about a whole lot because it is kind of the stamina around people that do music or art in any way. Like I do special effects makeup for film and I moved to Mm -hmm. North Carolina to pursue that more. And people would look at me and be like, well, you're stupid. You're not going to get anywhere with it. Or it's not kind of like, you need to get a real job, work a nine to five and do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I took it as motivation. And now I teach across the country. I'm an award nominated makeup artist. So it's like, I took that as motivation and proved them wrong to a degree. Granted, I still work in nine to five because hashtag benefits, but like it's it's yeah, it's I something that's not cool. talked about enough, I feel like, about how we are. I wouldn't Shows. say all the losers. Well, for me personally, I mean, you guys I, aren't I was losers. Thinking, yeah. I was <laughs> me speak, personally, I, was I don't like think you're losers. Are. I think you're incredible, I think, but I feel like that that 
mentality is the way everybody feels. Yeah, I feel like society maintains that mentality, but at the same time, they don't understand that it's the art that helps them to get through mentally through things that allow to do to for them to do their real jobs. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Without it, they would have without, without especially through COVID without entertainment and the things on TV and the things that are like music and everything, people wouldn't be able to do anything else. It's, it's yeah, just as vital as like breathing or like eating food obviously like making food for people is important but giving them art is important as well yeah but I firmly like I really vibe with the fact of the whole outcast thing as well because it's I feel like a lot of like art and musicians are also misunderstood like in the way that we live our lives and why we do it and how we do it you know what I mean people just don't get it but I also feel like people like people in our generation like we were growing up in the stamina of oh you had to work a nine-to-five you had a 401k all of these things but it's like the generations that are also coming up behind us are like yeah, no, screw that. Like, we're going to do we what we want. We want to do what makes us happy. Yeah. We want to do what makes us happy. Passionate for. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, we're trying to adapt to that as well because we've been so drilled into this. It has to be a certain way that anything that we enjoy artistically outside of it makes it non-traditional and scary, I guess, for lack of a better term. There's no safety net. It's not, there's no safety net that's like held for you by, well, apparent safety net that society Correct. preaches about, you know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's the best way to put it. So yeah. I just feel like it, it makes it harder, but it's slowly, like it, it's slowly changing. Cause again, I work in nine to five. I work in corporate. I'm a corporate millennial. I'm a corporate alternative millennial, which makes it even harder because like I have tattoos, I have all of the stuff. I have to wear long sleeves in 102 degree weather at work and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But then we decided, me and Brittany and Alicia had decided two months ago, we're like, you know what? We were promoters back in the day. We did music promotion. All of this stuff is happening right now. Let's freaking do it again and just see what happens. And it's been like, it's been a whirlwind. For us because you know we mm-hmm. took that risk and we're like you know what just because we're 30 somethings like we're in our 30s doesn't mean that we can't still do things that we enjoy like we don't have Not to be uh, <laughs> a know, robot to society very, like point that i always wanted to break my whole life the people so for some reason society thinks that oh you become adult and your personality magically is supposed to change it's like our parents and whoever expected oh you're going to grow up and you're going to change. You're going to start liking differences. No, it's like if they if they think about themselves, they still like the same things they liked when they 18. So yes. why do they not? Why did they expect that their kids who were emos, but they're like, or whatever, when they were 18 to change and become different? Because they are themselves always talking about people, oh, things they did when they were like super young and teenage. And it's, they still like all the same things. So it's like exactly yeah. the same <laughs> I'm Not a strong mom. believer. It, it was never a phase. It was like, never like, I don't think a phase. Like personality mom. doesn't just change when you age. You're still the same person. You know what I mean? No, but it's like society also kind of like tries yeah. to push you to conform to it. Yeah. Instead of doing which one. For some reason, was trying to make it look for a long time 
that oh, it yeah. was like mature or like something like that. But I think like that kind of started breaking in the past few years. Oh yeah. Well, you can see it. Like I said, you can see it in like just how art and everything is now, especially like you guys as musicians, all of you are pushing so many boundaries right now when it comes to music. And the thing like- that also opens up our like the audience a lot. It's not just like the people who are like 18 to like 16 to 22 anymore. It's also people who are like 28 to 34. It's it's a lot mm-hmm. wider now. Yeah. That's what but I've it's, noticed. The generation of music and everything now is like I said, you guys are pushing so many boundaries. And you guys are like all of you are molding the scene into something that I feel like it should have been 10, 15 years ago. And not only that, but I mean, I know we're, we're up on the hour line now, but just speaking on this conversation, you guys are also pushing the independent ticket so much more than what it was 10 or 15 years ago, 10 or 15 years ago, you wanted to be signed to like Sony or Fueled by Robin or one of them. But now it's like the independent <laughs> scene is pushing through and you're taking the scene back. And mm-hmm. it's incredible to watch. Because you, you deserve it. it. Yeah, and it's <laughs> actually reassuring to hear a lot of people say the say a similar way. And then like, I've heard this multiple times. People told me how like cool, how we're like still independent and we're still kind of pushing through doing our own thing. So thank you. It's good to hear. Oh, yeah. And social media gives you guys the ability to do that. I feel especially with TikTok now, like it it's I think it was in the the interview that we did with Felicity when we were talking about it. And uh, there's either Drew or Damien that had said that the independent artists are taking their music back. Like you're taking your own music. You're taking it back. You're doing what you want with it, putting in front of people that you want to put it in front of. And somebody doesn't own your soul for it. Mm-hmm. And I am here for it. I've been a firm believer in that for forever. And it's part of why mm-hmm. we started the podcast because we're like, hey, we know how hard you guys work on a regular basis to push your music out there and to connect with people and to do this. We've been there. We've been in your shoes. So it's like, if we mm-hmm. can do something like this, that's like, we can give you, hey, just take an hour of your time for us to promote you to help maybe get you in front of some other people, we've done our job and then some. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's incredible to watch. And it's so incredible to watch all of you grow with the scene and also take the music back, take the talent back. You're still in control. It's your, it's your world and we're all just living in it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's an incredible thing to watch. Yeah. I love that energy. For sure. Yeah. I love yeah, that energy. <laughs> and thank you for doing the thing and wanting to do is and bringing us in here and sharing our story with more people like we appreciate it a ton oh no thank you guys for for responding to our message and being like yeah totally let's do it because i'm not gonna lie when i got the message back i literally messaged our group chat and i was like holy shit in case in, in case we crashed just said they would do it like <laughs> we always I, fangirl <laughs> oh yeah because we we don't know. We never think that anybody's ever going to be like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. We've only been ghosted twice on an interview and we've only had one person or one group give us a bunch of shit about being on the show, how they thought they were too good for our show. Other than that, everybody's been like so humble and supportive and we've been doing just the same. So thank you guys for taking time out of your busy schedules to sit with us and 
talk music and sandwiches and food and poutine and all this other <laughs> stuff for an hour. Oh, and ketchup chips. Like I need to try. Yep. Yep. I'm a, I, we, I need to find these ketchup chips. And the old dress, the Ruffles old dress specifically. Oh yes, I forgot about those ones and those ones too. But uh, guys, we are over the hour mark right now. We did push a little bit on there because I went on my little rant. But no um, we appreciate you guys so much. We are so proud of you guys and everything that you guys are doing and what you're pushing out. Um, we play, like I said, we play your music all of the time. I play it all the time in my spare time. I sing it all the time when I'm at work. I've gotten the people at work in on it. It's in rotation at my work during the day. Um, I'm very thankful that you guys are here. Um, Bad, do you have anything that you need to add or want to add? Yeah, I was just going to say, we're going to keep the love and support. We're going to keep pushing for you guys and supporting you guys. And thank you so much for being here. It's been a real honor and pleasure to have you. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. thanks for having us. <laughs> really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are welcome back at any time. Maybe once you guys drop your new music and everything, we can get you guys back on the show to talk about the new album or EP and everything you've got going on. Kind of get an update from you to see where you're at. But ladies and gentlemen, we have Simon and Alex in here from In Case We Crash. Um, you can find them on social media everywhere at In Case We Crash. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're on Spotify, Apple Music, all of the places that you can find them. If you go and check them out, please tell them that the Elder Emo Hour sent you. Guys, thank you again. We really appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on the Elder Emo Hours, this was In Case We Crash.